You know what time it is. Welcome to another episode of A Brother's Got Next. It's your boy, D. And as always, I'm joined by my partner in crime. What's going on, Quab? Diddy, how you doing, brother? Chilling, man. You know, football season, man, it's like every week is just a good week. You know what I mean? So, you know, Thursday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, man, the, the, week, the weeks are, are good. You know what I mean? So, but, uh, you know, we're going to jump right into it now. Obviously, everybody probably peeped Instagram about a day or two ago, and you put a reel up there with you, you wearing, uh, waving the the terrible towel at your first uh, Steelers home game. You know, you've been to the Steelers games, but this is your first time at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. Just tell, just tell the listeners about that experience. Obviously, we saw the saw the reel. We saw you were having a good time, and you were, yeah. you were into it with the fans. But just tell us about the experience being there at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. I'll tell you what, man, it was awesome, and. I've been a Steeler fan since I was 12 years old. I'm 37 now. And I'm not just a Steeler fan. I'm a diehard. We're both passionate about our teams, man. So no I've doubt. been fortunate to see a lot of success um, since I was a kid with the Steelers, you know. Um, but, man, it was it was everything I thought it would be. I, my, my, my seats were crazy. I mean, I sat on the lower level. I figured if I'm going to go there for the first time, I'm going to go all out. So I, I was about seven, eight rows from the field. Um, it was 70 and sunny with a nice breeze. It, it was it was amazing being there, and there was just nothing but Steeler fans. I've never been around that many fans of one of my team before, so it was it was an awesome experience, man. Now I'm not I haven't got to the actual game yet. I'm yeah, talking, we're gonna get to we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Surrounding it, the anticipation. I know when I was driving on the highway from the hotel and. Uh, my fiance is like, oh, look to your left. And I see Heinz Field and I get so excited, man. It's like, <laughs> wow, that's the spot right there. You know, so um, <laughs> it was amazing, dude. It was it was truly one of the one of the most exciting days of my life. No exaggeration, man. It was it was awesome. It's similar to when you went to the time. Yeah, man. Like, you know, it's funny because I, I had the opposite with, with uh, your experience, because obviously my seats were way up and that day. It actually rained. Uh, it was rained and it was sunny, but it rained. It rained part of the day. But um, man, that stadium and experience, yeah, man, of being that was my first ever, you know, cowboy game, you know, ever. Mm. Oh, not ever? Just, oh, yeah. Not okay. just, yeah, not just like you know, as far as like being in Dallas and going to a home game, but that was my first cowboy game ever. And um, yeah, the stadium was incredible, man. Just the art, how big it is, and. Man, that that jumbo screen. I mean, to be honest, I didn't even look. I really didn't look at down at the field a lot. I was mostly looking at the jumbo screen, and um, only like when they scored, I probably looked at the down the field, you know, to see their reaction mm-hmm. and when they came out. But uh, yeah, man, it, it's always a great experience when you go to see your your you know the team that you're a diehard of, especially at their home stadium. It's just it's just nothing like it. Um, so I know exactly how you felt felt and. You know, watching that uh, reel on Instagram, I like, yeah, that's just, you know, the same way I felt when I was in Dallas. So I can I can only imagine, you know, how it was for you. But um, before we get into the game, talk about Pittsburgh. Now, it was your first time ever in Pittsburgh, correct? Yeah, it was my first Steeler game. That's even right, right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Obviously, you have no other reason to go to Pittsburgh, I guess, besides <laughs> the Steelers. So, yeah, just talk about the, the Pittsburgh, the city. How, how was that? Yeah, you know, I I was only there for a little over 24 hours. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I got there, I got to experience a little bit of the food scene. We stayed down. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later. Yeah, we stayed downtown right near the University of Pittsburgh, which is a beautiful campus. And you know, I hit up the homie, uh, B. Cole, Brandon Cole, who's been on the show before. I hit him up and said, yo, man, I'm, I'm in your territory. I'm in your old stomping grounds. So me and him were texting each other for a little bit, talking about that. He asked he asked me, of course, if I went to uh, Promonte Brothers, which we'll get on later, like you said. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, me and the fiance, man. It, it, she was such a great person. She's always great to travel with, but she was so so into the trip, and she was just excited to see how excited I was. And when we were at the she was waving the terrible towel. Even when we were down, she was optimistic. She was into it. It was it was awesome, man. But yeah, as far as the city, I didn't get to explore a ton. I stayed downtown, um, drove from the hotel to the stadium, which was about twenty minutes. And uh, yeah, man, it was it was an interesting experience. Now, have you been there before, Darian? I have not. I have not. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I I always meant to go visit Brandon when he was in school there. Um, Obviously, you know, a dream of ours, as I always say, like if Dallas ever plays it, we can, you know, I'm always down to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I've never been. And um, obviously we're going to get on the, the Pramani brothers later. But I, you know, I 
watch, you know, as people that know me closely, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of the Food Channel and Cooking <laughs> Channel and all that. So, yeah, Promonte Brothers, I've seen them on those shows, and I'm like, man, that sandwich looks awesome. So, um, I've wanted to go there just for that. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I said, we'll get we'll get into that uh a little later. Now, t- tell us about did you did you do any tailgating? No, we didn't do any tailgating. So what we okay. did is, is you know, me being a, a diehard, I wanted to get there early. And I've heard that okay. there could be a lot of delays going into the stadium just with people using a lot right, of digital right, tickets right. on their phone. So we left our hotel around 10, 15. The game started at 1 p.m. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But do yeah, we yeah. get there? And I'm driving by the stadium. It's packed. There's people okay. tailgating, barbecuing. They're playing Hip, they been hip hop, West Coast hip hop. We were, we're out there dancing. Like, Yo, it's 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 crazy. It's like every weekend seems like it's a party. I mean, this is week three. This ain't AFC title game, you know? Right, but, right. Oh, uh, right. dude, it was it was really cool. And I I remember Maya as we're on the highway looking down in the parking lot. She's like, "Wow, like look at all these fans." And I'm like, "Yeah, the game doesn't start for two and a half hours." So I right. wanted to get there early, take photos. Uh, I had a I had a barbecue mac, a barbecue dish outside of the stadium. There was a food truck. Okay. Uh, forgetting what the name of the barbecue spot was, I'm gonna try to remember. But they had um, pulled pork, but they put it on top of the mac and cheese, so it's like the mac and cheese <laughs> topping, bro. It was oh, wow. It, uh, it was fire, dog. Yeah, I can only <laughs> imagine, like, dog. Yeah. yeah. You know say, dog. It sounds yeah, fire. So we we had that around eleven thirty. And then we just took a bunch of photos. I took a bunch of photos of the stadium with the fans, with the mascot. And, you know, when you walk into the stadium, um, man, you just see all the history. It's right in your face. Terry Bradshaw, right, right. Franco Harris. And um, it's called the, the Great Hall. So when right, you walk right. down, you get to see all the, the old school images of, 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 you know, Mean Joe Green and Mel Blunt. And, and then you get into the Heinz Wards, the Polamalu, the Joey Porter. I was just like, yo, I feel like I'm in heaven right now. It was the greatest. <laughs> I felt like a kid at Disneyland for the first time, bro. It was sick. Nah, that's dope, <laughs> so, man. That's, yeah, like I said, I, like yeah. I said, I understand how you felt because that's the same thing when I was in Dallas, man. Mm-hmm. Walking through and just seeing. Now, obviously, you know, that's a newer stadium there in with AT&T, but you know, they had a lot of the history, like, you know, from the, from obviously the triplets to, you know, to the stallback days, to Tony Dorsett's. So, yeah, man. And, um, yeah, so I, I know exactly how you feel. It's funny because I was going to ask you, did they have any kind of like, um, like by the state, did they have any kind of like major bar or kind of venue? Because so like, for instance, in Dallas, they have this thing called Texas Live, which is like right across from the stadium. And pretty much people that can't, go into the game or even people that are going to the game like right before the game they go there you know what i mean so it's like a big bar slash like kind of venue where you know they have food drinks and um it's almost set up like an amusement park kind of hotel kind of thing so it was it was dope and it was right across from the stadiums so i was going to ask you did, was there anything like that in pittsburgh yeah it's almost like before you reach the stadium there's a long there's a street i, I believe oh man i'm forgetting what the street was called but um there's a lot of restaurants and and uh, bars and a lot of things leading to the re- to the stadium. So it's not just, you know, an empty, a big empty parking lot. There's shops. There's, I probably saw about five, six Steelers pro shops. So you can get, oh, man, I was cool. looking at your own Bettis jerseys. And, right. Right. Man, I, I had, I had to get out of there. Yeah. I would have dropped probably if, if they, especially if they won, I would have went OD and just dropped a bunch of money on all the Steelers. <laughs> apparel. I really don't need, I don't need a fourth terrible towel. I don't need a, Right. t-shirt so it was nah, I hear maybe you, bro. The, the first thought i had when i went there and i'm like i kind of want to come back and i don't know if oh, it'll be this you, reason. yeah no i'm not i'm not saying ever i'm just saying like man this season even but i'll probably you know i've done enough traveling this year i'll probably wait until next year when man we'll probably have a new we're gonna talk about that in a little bit but yeah um, we'll talk about that in a yeah, little bit. yeah yeah man, was, I'm glad experience. Experience. like i said man i um I, uh, you know, saw the, saw the reel and I know, you know, you, uh, text me, you know, some of the pics and videos while, you know, while you were there. And, um, yeah, man, like I said, I can, I, I, I you know, I can only imagine, I, I know how it feels to go see, uh, you know, your favorite team in their, in their building. Um, so, you know, I haven't been to Dallas since, yeah, I think it's been two or three years now since that trip. So yeah, I definitely want to go back to Dallas and go to a game. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm probably looking to do that maybe next year myself. Uh, probably going to try to go see them on the road this year. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, it'll it'll be my second time. Well, my third time seeing them 
ever, and then you know, second time with them on the road. So you might you might have to go to a playoff game this year. <laughs> I don't know if I can afford them kind of tickets, but uh, hey man, let's start nice. saving. Let's start saving now. You'll be good. Yeah, my well, my <laughs> dream is to go to see them in the Super Bowl. That would be my like. I would oh. drop that kind of money to go see them. Yeah, that's the kind of money I would pay. Yeah, you know, the Super, Bowl, the Super Bowl would be cool, but I actually like the experience of being in the home stadium. Because, you know, Super Bowl, you're going to be around a mixture of fans. Yeah, and, that's true. Yeah, that's true. but it was – that would be really cool either way, man. Yeah, no doubt. But like you said, man, now we got to get into the game. And um, this is a question I know, you know, when I sent you the rundown, I posed you. I know you're probably like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got to talk about this. No, but, not at all. I'm, I'm always but, uh, I'm good or bad about the Steelers. I'm ready. I got yeah. you. I got you. Yeah. So, obviously, I want to get your thoughts on the state of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, where do they go from here? What's the future? Obviously, they're they're one and two right now. It's not looking great. Um, so, yeah, just give us, you know, your quick take on, you know, what you saw in the game and then what you see kind of going forward and what they have to do to kind of get this thing back on track and get better. Man, you would think as of right now, they're like one and nine. <laughs> like you said, they're <laughs> just one and two. And you hear a lot of people say, oh, season over. But, you know, I don't I don't blame them for saying that, especially when you saw uh, the product on the field. I mean, I saw it live, man, and, and it, was, it wasn't pretty. And I think what the problem is with the organization right now is they feel like they owe – they owe it to Big Ben to see him kind of finish out his career. It's similar to when somebody's in a relationship, man. When you're in a long-term relationship with somebody, it's hard to just break it off. Now, people can argue and say, well, the NFL is business. Like, you should understand the dynamics of the business. But, dude, they've been tied to this guy who brought them two Super Bowls after not winning one for 30 years. And he's been very right. successful. They've never had a losing season with him. So just like any other relationship, it's hard to just let go after you've been together for a long time. Heck, it's hard for us to leave relationships we've been in for two years, let alone right, right, 18 right. years, even if it's not going well. And the Steelers are remaining optimistic. They're saying, hey, you know, it's still early in the year. Like, we know he's not the same quarterback, so we're trying to design a new offense around him. And they're, they're, they're experiencing, experiencing a lot of growing pains. Obviously, he can't throw the ball downfield like he used to. He used to be one of the best deep ball throwers. He's just not anymore. Right. So they tried to put a young running back around him, but they don't have a good old line. If you don't right. have a good old line, that's not good for the passing or the running games. So, right, right. Um, I think they're going to stay patient. And, and let's be honest, like, it, it's easy for me to say they're not going to bench him. But it's mostly because they just don't have anything on the bench. If they had a dude, like, hypothetically, let's say we had, like, a – Gardner Minshew. I'm just throwing him out there for example. Right, right, like a, right. Like a dude who's young, who we know can step in and win you some games. If they had somebody like that, I think if Ben has another three, four bad games, I think they could say, you know what, man, let's let's just sit you down for a while. Let's put this guy in. But you really think they wouldn't put in Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph? Like, they're not going to do no, that. No. <laughs> answer. And it's so funny to talk yeah. about that. I think my – I have a couple issues with the Steelers. One – uh, one you already touched on, but I'll, I'll get to that as my second one. But just kind of piggybacking off what you said about Ben and they don't have anybody behind him. I think my issue with the Steelers is, is that they don't Yeah, They don't have a backup plan. And it's like, OK, I understand that, you know, when you think of like the Aaron Rodgers or the Tom Brady's like, you know, when they drafted Jordan Love with Aaron Rodgers, they didn't want to upset him. But, you know, I mean, they, you know, Aaron, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers got ticked off. When Garoppolo was in New England, you know, it ticked off Brady and they want to keep these guys happy. Mm -hmm. And but, you know, listen, man, like you just said, you mentioned in the, in the in, you know, in your statement that this is a business and, yeah. you know, this is the business of winning. You can't be getting tied to people. You have to do what's best for the organization and for the team just because, of, you know, you've been loyal to a guy or you've been, you know, he's been loyal to the organization. I mean, this this business is all about winning. And I just think the Steelers, to be honest with you, probably like they should have probably drafted a quarterback at least five years ago. You know, even when Ben was still kind of good, you, you have to have a backup plan. Like you said, he's going in to his 18th year. I mean, definitely after, you know, once he had reached the 15th or even over the 15th year mark, you should have been like, OK, we got to start grooming somebody, even if Ben was still going to play. And even if he was still productive, you know, you can't play forever. You know, I mean, Brady is kind of like, you know, he's a one-of-a-kind kind of situation. That's a – he's an anomaly. You know what I mean? He's a a rare situation. But you have to keep – you have to groom somebody as, as you know, guys get older, especially quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Because that's your main – that's your mainstay. I mean, quarterbacks are what 
you know, you can have a quarterback for 10 to 15 years. You know what I mean? That's your franchise. So you can't be tied to one guy for 18 years and say, okay, we're not going to have a backup plan. So that's, that's probably my main issue with the, with, with the Steelers is just that they just never had a backup plan and they kept coddling to, to Roethlisberger like, you know what, yeah, he's been loyal, you know what I mean, we're loyal to him, right, he's won us two Super Bowls, and I understand it's hard to break up, but this is a business, we, we, we're we here to win, you know, it's not here to, you know, um, it's not like, it, it, to me, it's not like a relationship, because a relationship, yeah, like, I mean, when you're with somebody for 18 years, you've been through a lot, and you're right, it's hard to let go, but in a business, it's a totally think- different. I'm I think about a lot of people. A lot of people compare marriage to being a business too, though, dude. Yeah, I understand that in a in a in a certain context, in a sense. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think they're totally different because in a marriage, it's 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 a lot more dynamics, and it's not just about winning. Like you're in, business, you're in the business of winning. You know what I mean? Like you for, think about it. You're an owner. You know you you have a certain standard of success. So yeah, you can be loyal to a guy or. You know, obviously the guy's been loyal to you, but you're like, yo, I, I'm here to win. You know, this this organization is about winning. So it's a business, and I think you have to think of it in that aspect. And I think that's where the Steelers kind of went wrong. They just coddled him and did everything to kind of, you know, for Ben and didn't think about the organization or the team as a whole to say, wait a minute, you know, yeah, we, you know, we're about winning here. We, we're about winning Super Bowls. You know what I mean? Nobody, nothing lasts forever. Players don't last forever. We know this about sports, you know what I mean? All of our fav- all-time favorite players, athletes, they can't do it forever. It-, it comes to an end. So I just think that's one of the things the Steelers kind of mismanaged or kind of fumbled and dropped the ball on. My second thing is, and you kind of touched on it too, is one of the disturbing stats that I've seen with the Steelers that I can't believe since I've known you that I saw, they're last in rushing, rushing offense. Like, when you go back to the to the Jerome Bettises, the Willie Parkers, the Le'Veon Bells, I mean, and granted, they all had, uh, you know, they all had good old lines, but I just never thought I would see a Steeler team last in rushing. You know what I mean? That's that's probably the most disturbing thing I've seen. For, you know, forget about Big Ben. You've kind of already touched on what Big Ben is. and Right, he's in his 18th year. He can't throw down the field. I mean, he's pretty much done. He is what he is. But I think the most disturbing thing, and they, they have to fix because that's like a steel staple is the running game. And you have a good, you know, running back. You just drafted a great young running back who I think could be very good with a decent O-line, not even a great O-line, just with a, just give him a decent O-line. And I think you, you know, you, you have at least, you know, for the next few years, a thousand yard running back. But yeah, man, I think those are the two things when I look at the Steelers, man, that really just, I'm just kind of wow and baffled and just surprised that, you know what I mean? That, because, you know, when I look at the Steelers, man, they're one of the best organizations, not just in football, but in sports. And you would think with them that they wouldn't, you know, fum- you know fumble the, the ball like they have, especially with Big Ben and just, yeah, not drafting, you know, making that O-line better. So, Well, here's the thing. So a couple of points here. So I, I don't I don't get when people say, well, they should have drafted a quarterback in, you know, you said five years ago specifically. Well, here's the problem. If you still had been playing well five years ago, I mean, he was a he was a Pro Bowler two three years ago. You know, so he was, and I understand he was older, but they did draft quarterbacks. I mean, they drafted Mason Rudolph in the third round. Like you, yeah. if, you have, if you have a quarterback playing at a high level, you're not going to use a first round draft pick on him. That's not how the Steelers were designed. They remember three four years ago they had AB Le'Veon Bell. Like they weren't going to waste their first round draft pick on a on a on a quarterback, like they were thinking, Hey, let's try to solidify the secondary. Let's get another young linebacker. Right. Lawrence Simmons is getting older. All right, cool. What we'll do is we'll draft Mason Rudolph in the third round, try to groom him back in 2019. Big Ben gets hurt. Second game of the year. They put Rudolph in Oklahoma state, put up big numbers. Guy come in, comes in. He can't play. They're like, well, okay. Now where you are right is why couldn't they have drafted a quarterback this last season? They could have said, Hey, all right, well, we clearly don't like this kid. Let's bring somebody else in. But then they're like, oh, well, wait a minute. This kid, Dwayne Haskins, was just drafted two years ago. He didn't really get a lot of time to develop in Washington. So why don't we try to groom him a little bit? That, I mean, I the only sample I have of him so far on the Steelers is in the preseason. He was okay. Not really dynamic. He has a, he has a good arm, but he's not very accurate. So... Yeah, you're right. It might end up coming back to bite them, but they have, they have. I mean, Mason Rudolph, if he would have played well in 2019, that would be his gig. 
We would be, right. we would not right. be having right. a conversation about the Steelers quarterback right now. It's just unfortunately it just didn't work out. I just think it like look, I'm I'm a big fan. I don't mind you drafting quarterback in the first round, and them sitting for a number of years. Hell, look, I mean, it happened in San Diego when it happened in, in Green Bay with the, you know, pre mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers years. Aaron Rodgers sat for what, four years before Brett Favre, you know, was kind of playing with the organization. I'm gonna play, I'm not gonna play, I'm gonna retire. I mean, and Favre was still playing at a high level, but Rogers sat, waited his turn, and it worked out. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened with this Jordan Love situation, and a lot of people have mixed reactions of, you know, should the Packers have drafted a quarterback in the first round? Should they have not? You know, Aaron Rodgers was the MVP last year. I get all that, but, again, you still have to think forward thinking towards the future. You have to think it's a business. Like, the, this guy at some point is going to not be that good anymore, and it's going to be old. So I'm just thinking of it like that standpoint. You know, like I said, we've seen guys sit. You know, Drew – I mean, R- Rivers sat behind Drew Brees before. You know, obviously Brees had the injury and then went to New Orleans. And looked at how that panned out. Mm-hmm. Rivers, is, Rivers is, you know, arguably a Hall of Fame quarterback. So there's I don't no mind, argument. Oh, well, there's an argument. That's not good. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind guys sitting. So, like, if you would have drafted – for instance, let's just say you would have drafted the quarterback – I'm not going to say five, like four years ago. And he sat. And he, and he kind of waited his turn. And you groomed him. I'm, I have no issue with that because he's learning, you know, from one of the best quarterbacks ever who's won two Super Bowls. And, yeah, you could see year by year Ben was getting a little worse. Like, he wasn't playing like the, the old Big Ben we know and love. So, I, I mean, I, I don't see why the Steelers couldn't even done that. I get, you know, your Mason Rudolph argument. Yeah, he's obviously didn't pan out. He's not that good. That's that's going to happen, too. Every Everybody you draft or everybody you look at, it's not always going to pan out. I don't know about Dwayne Haskins. Like, I agree with you. Like, I mean, what I saw in Washington in the preseason, I'm not really impressed. I don't think he's the answer to the future. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe he can prove prove me wrong. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. as, as time goes on, he is still young. But, yeah, man, I just think the Steelers should have, like, at least three years ago said, all right, look, we're going to have to draft a quarterback. And if he has to sit, fine. But, we, we got to at least have some forward thinking and start planning for the future uh, after Big Ben. Yeah, you know, we, we talk about this a lot, too. It's, it's, a, it's a short memory league. Hypothetically, if, if, if the Steelers come out and play well in Green Bay Sunday, I don't think they're going to win that game. But if they do <laughs> and Ben plays well so miraculously, we're going to be like, oh, well, all right, we can slow down the panic button for the meantime. But right. at the end of the day, they're one and two. There's still a, a 14 games to go. So <laughs> right, um, right. I, I do think it'll be his last year, and I think it should. Um, but we'll see. I trust the organization. I trust the head coach. What I saw on Sunday was not pretty, though. I am not going to sugarcoat what I saw Sunday. It was <laughs> it was so bad that my fiancé, who doesn't even really watch football like that, was like, why is he holding on to the ball so long? I'm like, babe, I really don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, he, threw, he had one pass where he, he threw, like, a screen pass to – Najee and he just like fell. I'm like, well, why did he? Nobody touched him. What's going on? So <laughs> yeah, I, I think I text you. I'm like, why does he keep doing that pump fake? Like he always yeah. does pump fake now. When there's no reason to do the pump fake, just throw the ball. Like I, I saw throw it away. Had, throw the ball had, away. Yeah. yeah, he had one of one receivers like you know going downfield for a deep deep ball. He he had the DB beat. I'm like, okay, just throw it. Why are you pump faking it? Just just let it go. And he pump faked and he ended up getting sacked. I'm like, what is he doing? Like, I, 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 it's like almost like he was scared, like to pull the trigger. I'm like, okay, like what's what's going on here? So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, man. Yeah, it wasn't pretty what I saw on uh, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but hey, as we continue on, so I wanted to do a segment where you know, uh, now you know, obviously, me and Quab always make bold predictions before the season, and I know it's still early. It's only we're you know only going into week four, but I wanted to do a segment like so far, who's right. And who's been wrong? So I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with with Crab and giving him his props with the Broncos. You know I have to give you props, Crab. You were right about the Broncos. They're second in defense, and that secondary with with Sertain and Justin Simmons, man, they look they look like that 2015 uh, Bronco uh, team, the one that I think they called the No Fly Zone with Talib mm-hmm. and uh, I forgot who else they've had back there. Um, but yeah, they remind me a lot of that of that 2015 uh, secondary. Um, but yeah, I give you a props, man. So far, you've been right on the Broncos because I wasn't big on them to start the season before the season. I didn't. I thought they would be like kind of maybe last in the division, you know, or second to last in the division. You know, I didn't think they were 
a playoff team at all. And I wasn't a big believer in Teddy Bridgewater, who's also proved me wrong and played well. Um, I just always thought, you know, Bridgewater was kind of like a game manager at best. You know what I mean? He wasn't going to be like this dynamic QB that can lead you to the playoffs or, you know, lead you to a championship. But uh, he's played well so far, and they're undefeated. They are, but they haven't played anyone. I'm not even going to pat myself on the back quite yet. <laughs> I mean, they played the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. They played they, – they, none of those teams have a win. So what I want to see is their next few games, all right? So they got the Ravens on Sunday. It's going to be one. tough. Yeah. They had a used-to-be-tough Steelers. It's at the Steelers. It won't be a walkover game, I guess. <laughs> and then they have the Raiders. <laughs> they have the Browns. They have the Cowboys. So we're going to get to see within the next month how good they really are. Now, I'm not expecting them to, you know, they don't need to prove themselves by winning all those games. But if they can get through November, they still got the Chargers, the Chiefs. They got, if they can get through November and and be seven and three or eight and two, then we'll be like, oh, damn, like we got to watch out for this team. But I think that the real test is coming up. But, hey, you know, so far so good, man. You can only play who's put in front of you. They're, They're like shutting out people. So you mean you shut yeah, up? Yeah, so man. Much. Like I said, man, that, that he looks. I mean, you kind of talked about it before the season. You said, look, a healthy Von Miller's coming back. Um, you know, like I said, they they drafted Patrick Sertan. You got Justin Simmons, who's an underrated safety in this league. Um, you know, they have the players on D. Um, and even like I said, offensively, Teddy Bridgewater surprised me. I mean, they they look good offensively. You know what I mean? So, like I said, man, so far so good. Like I have to give you props because you you were the one that said. I think they would be improved. I wouldn't be shocked if they snuck into the playoffs. So, like I said, that's what I have to say. That's where you were right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, you know, they, they look good so far, man. Uh, we'll see if they can keep it going throughout the season. Yeah. So, one 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 team I'm going to pat on the the, uh, the back for me is uh, the team you just played on Sunday, the Bengals. Now, I know you weren't big on them before the season, but I told you they would be improved. I told you that I was a big Justin Burrow guy. And Jamar Chase, after he made that stupid comment in the in the preseason when I was a little scared and a little concerned of how he would be, he's looked really good. Um, and I think the most surprising stat to me with them is they're fourth in sacks in, in the league right now. So it's actually, yeah. I mean, not just their offense, but their D has played very well. Um, obviously, you saw them on Sunday. Well, what did, what did you think? You know what, man? Um they look pretty good. And it's good to see the the growth of Joe Burrow. And I'm really impressed because he came off of a pretty catastrophic knee injury last yeah, year. And yeah, you yeah. wouldn't be able to tell, man, he, st- he stays poor. I I noticed about him in person, he's a big dude. Like, this is not yeah, yeah. a guy. So um, they've done a good job of putting some nice weapons around him. I know they got criticized for taking Jamar Chase instead of taking, like, a left tackle to kind of protect his right, block. Right. But you know they're making they make a lot of big plays down the field. They're an aggressive they're an aggressive play calling team, which is one of my issues. Another issue I have with the Steelers, they just don't look downfield. Even if you don't have a quarterback that can throw the ball that well, like you still gotta you know at least throw defenses off a little bit and try to throw right, the ball down. Right, field. right. They, 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 they attack you, man. They they're nonstop. They're relentless. So and and you have Joe Mixon in there. Joe yeah, Mixon, that's what I, I think is, Joe Mixon is a really underrated good running back, man. So. Yeah, he is. He's yeah, really underrated. The balanced so. offense they have. Like I said, like you said, the growth of uh, Joe Burrow, who the one thing I was given, man, I mean, because he's still considered kind of a rookie. He Obviously, he was, you know, like I said, he had a catastrophic injury last year, so he didn't play really last year. Um, he, the one thing I will give him, man, he he looks comfortable in the pocket. He stands in the pocket. He takes hits. You know what I mean? Um, he almost looks like a vet out there. Like, when I was watching the highlights, I'm just like, man, like, yeah, he looks good and comfortable in the pocket. He looks almost like a vet, like somebody who's been in there, you know, over five years, and you know he's really still a rookie. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I'm I'm so far so good. I'm impressed with the Bengals. Um, so we'll see. Uh, like I said, I I have them improved, but I don't know if they're a playoff team. Um, because I still think that division is really between right now at least the Browns and the Ravens. So we'll see. You know, we'll see going forward. It's only like I said, we're only in week four, but we'll see going forward how if they can you know kind of keep this pace and keep that up. Yeah. All right, so now, now we're gonna get into where who we were wrong about. Now with Quab, I'm gonna mention two teams, but I'll mention the first team first, the mm-hmm. Jets. I don't know why you thought. <laughs> now look, I will give you this before I before I, I I get on them. I do like their head coach, and I think he has improved them defensively. I didn't realize they're actually tenth in defense in in the league. So mm-hmm. I will give you give you that. 
Now, here's where it gets ugly and in, in how where they're awful. They're 30th in offense. Now, I know they have a rookie quarterback, but dude, I mean, I who I forgot who they picked up in uh who they got in the offseason as, as a wide receiver. Um, the guy they got from the they Titans, picked up, right? They picked up uh, Corey Davis. Mm-hmm. Right, Corey Davis. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, look, I mean, the rookie has, I guess, him to throw to. But outside of that, who he has no weapons. I don't even know who that running back is. I'm going to be quite honest with you. Um, and Michael Carter, he's a fourth-round pick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Well, they also drafted another receiver in the second round, Elijah Moore. So, like, they they've tried to put guys around him. It's just they're just a young team. Like, I, they're they're extremely young offensively. They have a first year head coach. Look, was I a little hyped when I saw some Zach Wilson highlights in the preseason? Yeah, it was. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, they're terrible. They're not good. And I feel bad. I, like, o- but you've always the main one. You've always told me don't get too hyped. What you see in the preseason, you always tell me that. Yeah, like, I, I know, I know. You always tell me whether whether it's winning or losing. You're like, dude, don't take preseason. I I know it's funny. When we were in college. You always used to say this one. I remember this one year where the Detroit Lions were undefeated. <laughs> yeah, they went 16. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. And just like yeah. this off season, and I'm gonna get on you again when you text me. You're like, I think we're gonna be awful this year. I'm like, bro, it's the preseason. <laughs> y'all look like one of the better. And I remember the year you guys didn't win in the preseason. You guys, I think, won the Super Bowl. Yeah, everybody. It was it was it was Roethlisberger's second year. Everybody's like, "Oh, he looks kind of bad." Maybe you know, maybe he was just overhyped last year. Yeah, so it, it really doesn't matter. It's like the, yeah, the Patriots with, with Brady lost a ton of preseason games. Who cares? Nobody cares about the preseason. <laughs> but no, you well, know Brady what? I do use it never plays a, He doesn't even play in a preseason. To be honest, I don't. At least I don't think so. Yeah, yeah he rarely plays. But I do use it as a barometer when it comes to like rookies who are playing for the first time. Like right. there has to be something right. we kind of. Awful, but yeah, they look bad. Like they look like they may win like two games this year, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I <laughs> like their defense, and I do like their head coach. So I think with that, they have a bright future. I don't, I don't know about the quarterback. I'm not going to make any judgments. He is a rookie. He doesn't look good right now. I don't know if he's the answer. You know, right now he's not the answer going forward. But we'll see. I mean, maybe if they can give him some more weapons, get him actually a good, you know, a good running back. I know their O line's not that good either, so. Yeah, they just—I mean, offensively—they're just—they—they're just not good right now. So we'll see going forward. But the second team I have to get on you is the other New York team, the Giants. Who you? Picked I can't up. wait to get on you. By the way, we're gonna get to you soon. I'm about to get on you too. Oh yeah, no problem. <laughs> so um, yeah, the Giants. Now, the one thing with the Giants that I was a little optimistic was was with their defense. I think you know before the season when we were kind of making our picks in uh you know before the season I said well the Giants the strong point is their defense and I think the most concerning thing is when you look at like stat wise they're 21st in defense like mm. after they were I think they were a top 10 defense last year so yeah that's really the probably the most concerning to me now I know off the podcast we kind of talked about the Jason Garrett factor how he's terrible and he's kind of wasted you know he's kind of making Daniel Jones in that offense look bad which I which I agree with you on, but I think which most disturbing, like I said, is that defense because I thought that defense would be, you know, at least a solid top ten defense. That yeah, the offense may not look great, but they the defense would keep them in games, and I think that's probably the main problem, and not really Daniel Jones. Because I thought Daniel Jones hasn't looked bad in certain spots. In certain yeah, he's looked decent for sure this year. Yeah, exactly. I know Saquon's still not a hundred percent, and Daniel Jones has weapons, but. And like I said, Garrett is awful. I, like I said, Garrett's not going to be there next year anyway. As offense, they'll have a new Oracle. They may have a new coach, to be honest with you, too. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, the Giants—they're just—they're just not good right now on both sides of the ball. No, they're not. And uh, I-, I was going more based off of the uncertainty of that division. Right. Correct. I understand. Yeah, you know, and Dallas looks pretty good so far. And, you mm-hmm. know, Dallas. Even my one of the games I'm most impressed with is the game they didn't even win is the 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 Bucks. You know that was a really impressive loss if that makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, I think the Cowboys. I know it's early, but I, I'm sold on what I see. Um, Dak looks great. He looks great, man. Like if you, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm excited. I'm like, hey, there's we have some issues still on defense, although the defense is looking better. Dan Quinn's doing a good job, but I'm sitting back chilling, knowing we got a quarterback for a while. That yeah, I am definitely back, back, man. I'm just really the. the I hope mm-hmm. he gets comeback player of the year. Just him being back on the field. I saw that Monday night game where he was very emotional, just being back. You know, 
in, you know, his first game back in, in Dallas since the injury, you know, playing, you know, I'm just happy for him to be back. And he does look good. You know, it's always, that's just great to see. Um, and like you said, I, as a Cowboy fan, I know at least when, you know, next, you know, seven plus years, we have our quarterback, you know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, yeah man, I, I, I'm, I, I would say for the future, it's definitely, you know, the Cowboys are in a good spot as far as the quarterback position. All right, so I, I know Quab is going to get on me, and that's fine. This is where, you know, this is where I was wrong. I was definitely wrong about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, <laughs> I, you know, I did say before the season, I thought, because I love Urban Meyer as a, I thought, you know, I, Urban Meyer a college a, coach. College coach, yes. And I know, <laughs> but I thought the Trevor Lawrence factor would be big too. I, you know, you agree that you Trevor Lawrence had, you know, was going to be good and, you know, as, you know, going forward, you know, into the future, you said, yeah, I think he can be a good quarterback. Yep. They do not look good. Let me just run the numbers real quick. So they're 23rd in offense and 29th in defense. Yikes. Ooh. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, that's not good. I mean, basically, they're bad on both sides of the ball. And Trevor Lawrence right now, he's just like a turnover machine. I mean, he's thrown picking each game, I think multiple picks in, 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 all, in, in his first three games. I just thought with Urban Meyer, they would be at least decent offensively like defensively I thought they would struggle I I didn't think they would be great defensively but I mean they're really bad I mean they're 29th so I mean they're you know one of the top five worst defenses in the league um but uh yeah man I I I have to say I was wrong like I thought they'd be improved I didn't think they'd make the playoffs but at least thought they'd be competitive and and not looking good yeah, and like once again, man, when you have when does it ever work when you have a, a rookie quarterback coach? It just it doesn't really work that way. It always takes time, you know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, well, Jim Johnson and, and Troy Aikman, think about that. Like, remember they were one in fifteen, I think. Yeah, exactly. And then they won this, you know, they ended up winning two Super Bowls, you know, after that. So yeah, you're right. I, I can't I can't say you're wrong about that. That yeah, most of the time in the first year. Right, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, and normally it's, it's a recipe for disaster. And the um, problem with the Jags is it's not a, a quick fix because, yeah, they may have their quarterback, but they still don't have a great O-line. They don't have a great D-line besides Josh Allen. Right. right. As a defensive end, they don't mm-hmm. have a great secondary. Like, they have a lot of things they got to fix. <laughs> it's not just, like, one unit. It's, like, three units. It's like, ooh, yeah. this is going to take years to build. So and who is he throwing to? That's another thing. Who he has no weapons right he now. He has DJ Chark, who I think is actually pretty underrated. Uh, yes, yes. They, yes. they picked up Marvin Jones, but eh, he's always been like a second or even like third receiver to me. I think so. done. he's had his his day. His best days about. <laughs> yeah, done. So yeah, Marvin Jones. No, I don't count. But DJ Chark, I agree with you. Yeah, he's yeah, definitely he's solid. He's solid. He's one of the most underrated receivers here in the league. So. Mm-hmm. All right, so now what we, me and Carl were both right was we were right on the money with the Panthers. I think we both said that they would be improved and could be a sleeper team to uh, make the playoffs. And now before we talk Panthers, I got to mm-hmm. get on you about one more team you thought would be. Okay, legit. go ahead. They're still, I'm still not sold on the Falcons because yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you barely, get away with that one. <laughs> yeah, no, the yeah, Falcons do not look good at all. Like they barely both sides of the ball, and I'm being barely honest. beat them. Yeah, yeah, they barely beat the Giants. Yeah, how the hell did the Giants lose that game? But. That's, that's it was like they did a tribute to Eli. It was at home. Like, come on, man. How do you lose that to the Falcons? Uh, like, yeah, uh, whatever. But anyway, yeah, so getting back to the Panthers. Yeah, man, the number one defense in the league, man. They lead the league in sacks. Uh, you know, with that DN Burns they have is he's pretty good. And they have that linebacker Riddick, who, yep. yeah, they both get to the quarterback, man. And Sam Darnold's look good. I told people, I said. Get Sam Darnold out of the Jets, out of one of the worst organizations in sports history, and let's see what he can sports do. History, <laughs> yeah. And look what's happened. They had three and zero. I mean, I'm not, I'm not big on the, the Panthers' head coach, but I mean, Darnold looks good. I just think he needed a fresh start, you know, a fresh system. You know, he he's not going to have a lot of pressure in Carolina. You know what I mean? Especially in that division where you know Tampa Bay uh, is pretty much going to rule the day. You know what I mean? But oh, they, why, don't they, you like, why don't you like Matt Rule? I, I think he's fine. I actually think he's one of the reasons Darnold looks improved. He's always been a really good offensive guy. Um, he, he's only in his second year. I actually kind of like Matt Rule. I, I think yeah, I don't know, man. There's something about him. I'm just not feeling. But I, I hmm. like I said, I mean, I will give him props that he's he's definitely improved the team. I mean, when you go yeah, from right he's a year good. one to year two, 
Yeah, yeah I he's can't. a good play caller. He's pretty creative. I, I like. Yeah, him. I can't because he was he was a college coach before before he got there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was successful there. He he, he was only there last year. I, I think he he's actually doing a pretty good job. I, I it's because your boy. Well, you called. You told the world how bad Gase was. But yeah, your boy was supposed <laughs> to be an offensive genius, and look what happened. Darnold was terrible. Like Darnold is all, only three games in here, and he already looks better than he did with the two years with the Jets. So. Yeah. I, I kind of like Matt Rule. I, I think there's there's some potential there for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, like I said, I'm just impressed overall on both sides of the ball. Like they look good offensively. Like I said, defensively, like I said, they're number one, number one in sacks. So I think that that game against the Cowboys, you know, I know Cowboy fans are thinking, oh yeah, you know, we've you know, Carolina comes in, we we're gonna you know walk all over. I think it's gonna be a good game, a close game. They're gonna be tough. I mean, defensively, like I said, they lead the league in sacks, number one off uh, overall defense. It's not going to be an easy game for the Cowboys, so it should be a good one in Dallas uh, this weekend. Yeah. Now, what we were both wrong was our boys, the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I, <laughs> I dumped them after last season because, as I said on previous podcasts before, I have always thought that, you know, the game is passed by Gruden. I just thought Carr was kind of what he is. Derek Carr was like, yeah, he just kind of is who he is. He's like a above-average quarterback. But he's not going to really do anything. He's not going to lead you to, you know, the promised land and, you know, win a title or go deep in the playoffs. But, man, the Raiders look good right now. They have the number one offense in the league right now. And Derek Carr looks like an early MVP candidate. So, I, at least on my part, I have to say I was wrong about the Raiders. Like, you know, I, I want to be right because, you know, I'm I, in a way I'm like a secret closet fan because, you know, they are in Vegas now. So, um, I, I want to be right. I want them to be good. But, uh, yeah, right now I'm wrong. And I hope they keep proving me wrong. I'm still a wait and see with the Raiders because they've done this before. Like they started, um, I, I mean, my numbers might be slightly off, but I think they started like three and one or seven mm-hmm. and three last year. They've done this already. Like we, we, they always start the season off hot. And and let's be real, D. Whether it's going to be the Panthers or the or the or the Raiders or the Broncos, one of the teams that we talked about today, every single season the team starts off hot. Ooh, they're four and zero, oh, three and one, four five and one. Yeah, that's you hit me up. You hit me up six, seven weeks later. They're not even being talked about anymore. So, um, I, I hope the Raiders are pretty good. Like, I, I like to see them do well too, man. Like, we, me and you will forever have a, a Las Vegas connection. But of course, of course, I, I'm a, I'm still on a wait and see approach with with them. And you know, like I said, the Broncos. We'll see what their upcoming schedule. But yeah, right. so far so good, man. Derek Carr. Um, who's been good for a while, you know, and I, I can't lie. I've never been a huge Derek Carr guy, but he looks good. I, I can't really say anything bad about Carr right now. He looks yeah, good. yeah, man, you can't, you can't. But uh, yeah, man, like you said, man, because just because we have ties to Vegas. I, and it's funny, even when they were in Oakland, I, I always kind of liked them. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, you've always liked Vegas. the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, you know, I like I said, I, I hope I'm proven wrong this season. But you're right. We have seen this before from them. We've seen this before from other teams. I remember one year when the, the Dolphins started 5-0, and and I think they finished like, Seven and nine. I was like, "What the hell?" Exactly. I'll tell you yeah. what, D. If the if the Raiders make the playoffs this year, we may have to find out how to get in that stadium, man. Oh <laughs> yeah. Man. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but uh, so when they played the um Ravens opening night, dude, the cheapest ticket was like six hundred bucks. Oh yeah, I know people that tried to go. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It was. Yeah. It's it not was... going to be cheap the entire season. I mean, even if they play bad teams, it's it's dangerous. Yeah. So. Um, which is awesome, man. When, like when we were in college, D, we never would have imagined like, yo, there's gonna be an especially with the gambling aspect and how that the NFL was. Remember, we would have never dreamed that there'd be a- when we would early on, Tagliabue kind of said they, that the NFL would never come to Vegas because of the gambling. You know what I mean? I think he, he we would have never said, imagined that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's crazy, man. But I'm, I'm happy for the Raiders, and like I said, I hope they keep it up. Um, just not when they play us this year on Thanksgiving. That's the only game I'm gonna root against them. Oh, so. that's gonna be a good one. That's gonna be yeah, a good one for sure. And it's in Dallas, so yeah, uh, Thanksgiving Day. So that's the only time I'll be rooting against them. But all right, man, <laughs> we're gonna come up to one of my favorite segments here. You know, we, me and Quab are foodies. We love to talk food. He mentioned earlier uh, while he was in Pittsburgh, he had the Pomonte brothers. Um, so I want to kind of do a segment like the best iconic sandwiches we've ever had. And we can rank them. We could just talk about them. So, obviously, you know, I haven't had the Pramonte Brothers sandwich, but Quab sent me a pic, and I think he posted it on Instagram. It looked amazing. And I can only imagine 
I was hate. You know, it's funny when I posted that picture, I was like, I bet you Darian's gonna comment on this. <laughs> or, well, actually, I think I, I I texted to you too, and you're like, bruh. <laughs> yeah, it looked fire. So just tell the audience of just how it tasted, this the experience. Just yeah, just let 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 us know how it was, man. So I think it really depends on the sandwich you get. So, for example, I got the steak and cheese one, which I actually really enjoyed. Maya got one. I believe it was chicken, but I, I got to I gotta look at their menu and double check what she got. But she was slightly underwhelmed because she felt like it was kind of missing one more ingredient. Like she thought it, it needed like a like some sort of sauce, whether it was barbecue or something mm. like that, because it's very meaty. Yeah. So they put the fries in there, which I actually I mean, it's not, you know earth shattering by any means to stuff fries on a sandwich but i like the fries i just like the taste of their fries so okay i, I, okay. I liked having it in my sandwich but for her it was kind of missing like a you know a lot of places have like a special spread or a special sauce they put in there and she she thought that was lacking a little bit so she just kind of used like ketchup and to to to, to boost it up a little bit but i with mine just having the steak and i love provolone cheese it's like my go-to yes so just yeah. having <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. So just having the steak and cheese with the fries in there, I thought it was pretty good. But I think she was slightly underwhelmed. And you know, a lot of the people I talked to that have been there um, have kind of given similar ideas. Some people were like, "Oh yeah, it's really good," and some people were like, "Uh, you know, it's a, it's kind of it turned into like a bit of a tourist trap." It's kind of right. like when people talk about Philly and they talk about going to like Geno's, you know, right. but there are different Pramonti brothers locations as well. I went to the one near the University of Pittsburgh campus and. Who knows? Maybe there's another one that people like better than that. Now, is that you know? the original? Or is that, or is that's not the original? I don't believe that's the original one. I think that's oh. like the, the newer ones. But, you know, obviously all their menus are the same. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, here, so, so this is where it gets interesting. So compare that now. You've had that. Um, and a, a lot of these, you know, when I sent you to run down this list, I'm sure you had. Now, have, you had a po' boy in New Orleans, right? I believe I did. New Orleans, New Orleans has yeah. the best food in this country. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> yes. So I, I'm gonna ask you. You know, it's just a tough question, but com comparing the Pramonti brothers, I'm gonna put up. You know, I'm just gonna name some sandwiches. You tell me. You know, rank them or whatever is the best. So Pramonti brothers to a Philly cheesesteak. What would you? What would you say? Oh, that's not close. I go Philly cheesesteak all day. It's not close. Ooh. Okay. It's not even so an next, argument. Just talk <laughs> especially, especially. Mm -hmm. Well, and to be fair though, I've tried a cheesesteak from from almost all the recommended spots in philly so i have a, a, a much different like i have there's an advantage there so it's almost an unfair comparison like i've been to like eight different cheesesteak spots in philly including you know whether it's um here right here in cherry hill at chicks we've been to ishka Vivals, we've been to delisandro's yeah, yeah i've been to pat's times. the original <laughs> gyms Right. I've right. eaten so many cheesesteaks out here, bro. <laughs> right. We would have we would have went to Max Max's, but we probably still would have been in line <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> no, that line did not move. We were standing in it for like an hour. It did not move. So yeah, you're right. We're gonna All have right. to we're gonna have to go there next time you're in Philly. But I got a cheesesteak on that one. Okay, okay. So now the cheesesteak compared to a po' boy, what, what, which 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 one would you say? I gotta go with a cheesesteak, man. Uh, like, if we're talking the Bibble's cheesesteak we had. Oh yeah. No, it was bomb. I can't <laughs> even chicks. Chicks right here in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Oh, uh, it's just right outside of Philly. See, the Po' um, Boy is interesting because I mean normally the Po' Boys with shrimp and you know they put it on a certain bread, you know, the French bread with the with the you know lettuce, tomato, uh mostly ketchup and mayo on there. I mean, I've had some good Po' Boys, but yeah, I might have to agree with you with the first, I mean, like I said, I haven't had Pramonti Brothers, so I can't, you know, I can't talk on that, but I may have to agree with you. The Philly cheesesteak, I may be feeling more than the than the po' boy. And one of the most important elements of a cheesesteak, too, is the roll. It's the bread. Yeah, it is the bread. You know? And bread. when you go to, like, Delisandro's, their bread is really good. Like, you know. It, right, it, right. So. Yeah, so the po' boy, the thing is, I, I agree with you, because the po' boy bread, the French bread can be kind of hard, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, kind of, kind of tough. I mean, it's just the ingredients in the sandwich which makes it good. So, because yeah. the po' boy has more of a crunch, the bread is more crunchy than you know than a, a cheesesteak where the bread is like you said, right, more softer. And, I like that. I like my right. bread a little more soft. Exactly. All right. So now I know you've been to Chicago, and we both had this. I have cheesesteak to a Portillo's hot dog. Oh, I have to compare it to a cheesesteak. 
<laughs> well, you know, talking about sandwiches, yeah, like, like you know what I mean, like I, because I know you, you know, you had the Portillos. Yeah, uh, man, that was really good too. Oh man, this one's tough. Yeah, uh, see. Uh, oh man, so okay, if you were gonna compare the Portillos hot dog to a Fremonti brother sandwich, I might go with Portillos because that uh, Portillos that was mm-hmm. that was really good. Like yeah. I was downtown Chicago, and I I'm a big fan of like pickles. They put peppers in it and tomato. Yeah. It was, I mean, I had I had like a couple of them. I was like, I can't just eat one of these. So, yeah, exactly. yeah, man. I, I I would okay. I would go with with uh, Portillo's over over Fremonti Brothers, but not over. It's gonna be hard to beat a cheesesteak, man. Like, especially since we've had them in Philly. Like we haven't had. The one at Jack in the Box in Vegas, like their little, their, their <laughs> right, right. Like we've had an authentic one, like like Will Smith said on Fresh Prince, like where there's grease in the on the bag. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right, so. at the last one I'm gonna mention. I mean, this this is a tough one for me. A Philly cheesesteak or a lobster roll? Yeah, that's a tough one, man. Um, yeah, because I. I ain't gonna lie, though. I might lobster. go with a lobster roll too. Yeah, man. Say, <laughs> you think about lobster rolls? They're kind of they're kind of pricey. Like, remember they we used are, to go? But it's so worth it, though. Bro, we used to get those when we lived in Connecticut. We used to get those lobster rolls from D'Angelo's. Remember those? Yeah, <laughs> Bruh. That's what it, D'Angelo's. Listen, I I don't like to use the word hate a lot. I don't like to. I don't hate things. I hated living in Connecticut. Hated it. <laughs> okay, but. Connecticut had a couple of spots that had excellent food. Uh, a lobster roll from D'Angelo's. First of all, it's mad pricey. You're going to feel like 18 bucks for it. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's all lobster rolls. Dude, when I went to Martha's Vineyard, it was $25. <laughs> and they're never $25. like big. They're never like that big either. They're kind of like smaller. I know. you. Like To be honest, I could have killed two, but I would have paid 50 bucks. Oh, man. <laughs> the, the, the only thing I would compare to a cheesesteak is from D'Angelo's in Connecticut. They have, oh, yeah, they remember, remember the remember the steak bomb? They use like yeah. the Vermont cheddar. Oh my goodness, man! Yeah, anybody listening to this pod, if you're in if you're in Connecticut, hit up D'Angelo's. I don't know. I, I believe it's throughout Connecticut, or is it just in Bristol? I don't know. It's yeah, I think it's just throughout Connecticut. It may it, it may be in Mass. I don't know. Um, but I, I mean, I only know it's be in Connecticut, but yeah, that place was uh, the Angelos was phenomenal, bro. Oh, yeah, that was one of the bright spots. <laughs> it's one sure. of the best sandwiches I've ever had, so yeah, that, I agree. A lobster I... roll from or a steak bomb from there, it was specifically called the steak bomb. Those two might give me, I would put pick over a cheesesteak. I'm being 100% honest, I would pick, yeah, that over. might have to agree. I might yeah. have to agree. That's great, man. I'm hungry now. I haven't eaten dinner yet. Man. So, <laughs> I know, but yeah. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm about to drive to Connecticut. And get I got to figure out what me, me and the wife are having. So, yeah, I don't Yo, know. Yo, I'll that. come scoop you up. We'll go to Connecticut real quick. I'm good. <laughs> I'm real good. But uh, Yo, we got to do that one day. We got to go on one of those, like, wild runs to just go get, like, a sandwich somewhere. And then oh, we'll I'm down. I'm definitely down. <laughs> I'm driving, like, 200 miles. Yeah, no doubt. I'm definitely down. <laughs> But all right, man. Now that was good talking about the food. You know, like I said, me and Quab are foodies, man. We we didn't me and Quab didn't have killed so much food over the years since we know each other. We tried things together for the first time. So yeah, man, we're we're definitely, you know, we're we're big on, you know, anybody that knows us that we're big on big on the food. So, you know. But uh now we're gonna talk about the uh, you know, the, we're gonna pick uh, you know, the best games of the week, talk about the spreads. So let's start in Dallas. Panthers at Cowboys, they got the Cowboys minus five. Do you like that that spread? I actually think the, the Panthers cover that. I think that's a tight game. I, I, mm-hmm. I think the Cowboys pull it out, but that's a 23-20 kind of game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points. Yeah, um, I agree. Teams are, are, you know, the Cowboys aren't on the same level as the Panthers defensively, but they're playing well, man. You know, right, well. right. I think the Cowboys win that 23-20, so I'm, I have the Panthers covering the plus five. Gotcha, gotcha. This is gonna be another good game, man. Both undefeated for the for the division lead early on. Cardinals at Rams. They have the Rams uh minus four and a half. You like that? Yeah, I love that. I think the Rams are probably the best team in football right now. And the Cardinals have are three and oh, but they've got some really tight wins. Like they haven't yeah, cruised too. to these wins, you know. Like right, right. People don't know how the Vikings lost that game. They they missed a 30-something yard field goal to win it. So. Right, right, right. And the Vikings are actually better than their record. They're they're better than a one and two team. They're they're more of a two and one team. Look that that have a one and two record. But anyway, um, I like the Rams. They're at home. Why does it seem like the Rams are always at home? It's weird. I, 
<laughs> you know, some games, some teams are always at home, like the Giants. They never play on the road. What's going on? But uh, yeah, I like the Rams there. I think they can win by a touchdown. Um, and it's nothing against the Cardinals. I think they're one of the surprises of this season. But the Rams are just—is there a more balanced team than the Rams? I mean, they're good on both sides of the ball. Like they're very good on. I both mean, sides. I picked the Cardinals to be a playoff team. Remember, I think I you told did. You did. That was a good I call. Did. So I'm not really too surprised at them because they should have made the playoffs last year. I don't know how the hell they missed. missed the, I, I know you always blame their head coach. You're not big on Clingsbury. No, and I'm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I'm not really surprised. I, like I said, I thought they'd be a playoff team. Um, and I like a lot of their players, you know, Kyler Murray, uh, obviously D hop, and then you got Buda Baker on the other side and they got Chandler Jones. So I, it was a lot to like there. Um, I don't know what, uh, JJ Watt's been doing so far, but you know, they added JJ Watt. Um, yeah, man. So I'm not really surprised. And I think this is going to be a great game actually, but yeah. I do like the Rams. Um, I, and I like the Rams to cover. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's just going to be a good game. Now, this next game is almost a pick em. Ravens at Broncos. They have the Broncos minus one. You like that spread? This is the Ravens. This is the – I'm sorry. This is the Broncos test that I was talking about. Right, correct. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. It, it's in Denver. That crowd is going to be wild, man. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That's a, a, Broncos, even when they're not good, because they haven't actually been a good team in quite a few years now, which is weird because I'm always – like growing up, I feel like the Broncos are good every year. But – yeah, I just feel like the Ravens experience is gonna is gonna come out here. Uh, I, I think the Ravens I think this is another tight defensive type game. I would love to see the Broncos win, don't get me wrong, but something about this game tells me Ravens are gonna pull it out. So I do think the Ravens just win out outright and, and cover that uh that being obviously being plus one there. For sure, for what sure. What do you think about that one? I'm curious. Yeah, it's more of a pick 'em. See, here's the the Ravens are so weird because like I, I look at them in that game Monday night against the the Raiders. And I was just like, you know, they, they, they looked good in spots, but then it was like, yeah, you see the injuries kind of affecting them on defense. And then Lamar, you know, with, you know, him, I I still don't see him as a, you know, he's still a a more of a Vic kind of run first guy, you know, than more of that that, that pocket quarterback. I still would like to see more. And I I think them at, they're, they're totally, they're different team at home. They on the road. Cause I mean, to be honest with you, they almost lost to Detroit. If, if Tucker doesn't make that sixty something yards, oh my, like, yeah, they, that was a weird. They, yeah, like, they why are they almost losing to Detroit? Yeah, they were <laughs> Detroit. So, like, I don't them on the road is different than them at home. So, I kind of like the Broncos in the spot. I know this is kind of a pick 'em, but like you said, that, that Broncos crowd is going to be, which is always nuts anyway. Like I said, I like the Broncos secondary. I like their defense overall. I like what Teddy Bridgewater is doing with that offense. I just think they'll just do enough. Like they, they, I mean, they'll probably win by like a field goal, but I still like the Broncos, man. I still think the, the Broncos win it in a close one. I just don't, I don't know if I trust the Ravens on the road. So okay. yeah, right. I think I'll roll with the Broncos covering. Gotcha. In the last game is uh, our, our Las Vegas Raiders at the uh, LA Chargers. Our Raiders. <laughs> I know, right? But uh, yeah, the Raiders at the LA Chargers, uh, they have the Chargers minus three and a half. You like that spread? Mm, man, that's that. The hate, I hate half. The half, halves always mess me up because, like, I think that that could also – the Raiders are pretty – seem to be always in tight games. I mean, they've had two uh, – two out of the three wins have been in overtime. So, right. Right. I I think the Chargers actually might be the better team. I mean, mm-hmm. one game – one team's three and all, the other one's two and one. They're not that far off. Right. I right. think the Chargers – I picked them to be the pl- make the playoffs this year. So, um, I like the Chargers there. I think they can win that game 27-23. 27, maybe 30 to 27, which means they wouldn't cover. Right, right. I would lean more towards them winning by maybe five or six. So I'm going to go Chargers there. Yeah, I like the Chargers in this spot too. I think, I mean, obviously the Raiders, you know, they're not going to go 16 and 0. They're going to lose games. So Mm -hmm. this may be one of them. And it's a division rival. Um, They know each other so well. And just because the Chargers are kind of at home, I'm kind of picking them too. And they just looked, that was a really impressive win in KC this past week. I know KC is, you know, hasn't, you know, I know a lot of people are really concerned with KC right now, but KC's still one of the best teams. It's still a great team. They still got, you know, Patrick Mahomes there. Um, so, yeah, I was really impressed with what Justin Herbert and even that Chargers defense did. So they're back at home. And I think, they, you know, look, with that Dallas loss, I mean, to be honest, that, that game was right there. They could have won that game. I mean, remember, they had a couple of touchdowns called back uh, mm-hmm. because of penalties, but. So, you know, they, they could have easily won that game as well. So, they, you know, we could be talking about them being 3-0. and 
but I do like the Chargers here in this spot, and I, th- and I do think they cover. I think they win actually by a touchdown, not even a field goal. I think they, they win like 30 to 23. Real quick, speaking of the Chiefs, man, uh, if they lose this weekend at Philly, we got to start worrying about them. I agree. I agree. But I don't think that's going to I don't see that. Yeah, I, don't... <laughs> I don't see it. But, man, before we get out of here, man, obviously it was announced yesterday one of the all-time greats, Manny Pacquiao, uh, is retiring from from boxing at the age of 43. You know, what, 70? I think he's had 72 fights in his career. I mean, you're talking about, you know, two different decades he's been fighting. Just talk about his legacy. Three decades. Yeah. Uh. You know, I'm sorry, you said three decades? Yeah, because he's fought yeah, this three decades. decades. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh. Yeah, so just talk about his legacy and what you think as far as him, you know, one of the all, you know, ways he rankings, you know, in the all-time greats. You know, I'm talking about, you know, of all boxes, not just, you know, in their division. I mean, he's the only eight-time division champion. That's nuts. I mean, the oh, only that's, ever. That's yeah. That's amazing. Champion, man. He's the only one in boxing history. 12 world titles. I mean, the guy, even though know, he, he's retired, he finished, I think, sixth. He was the sixth-ranked best boxer in the world, you know, as he retired. So, yeah, man, just talk about his legacy. And, like I said, where do you rank him as an all-time great? You know, boxing is always tricky because there's so many different weight classes. And, right. You know, it's almost like I would have to rank him within his weight class. Right. Because it's so hard when you start to include heavyweights and mm-hmm. how do I judge if he's a greater fighter than Joe Lewis or, right. you know, Sugar Ray Robinson or Sugar Ray Lent. You know, it's so hard to do it with boxing. But like you said, an eight-time uh, division champion, like he's he's done things that have never been done in boxing. Yeah, eight different weight classes. That's boxing has a long history. Boxing, yeah, man, around. he's the only one in history to do that. Like mm-hmm. that's insane. And he had a really dominant stretch. If you if you look at Pacquiao from the mid two thousands, all the way pretty much through the late two thousand tens, he was a lot of wins, man, against really good opponents. No, now. Yeah. Now, somebody like De La Hoya, he was more towards the back end of his career, but he looked right, at fights right. with an underrated um, Eric Morales, you know, Marco Antonio Barrett, um, Ricky Hatton, Miguel Cotto. The, Mc- Josh- the Mark fights. Joshua Clotty, shout out to Ghana. Um, Shane Mosley, Juan Manuel Marquez. Yeah, there's just a lot of quality wins. And, you know, I don't really – like, I look at the Mayweather fight. They were both past their prime. I, I would I would love to have seen that fight maybe five years earlier. That would have been right. awesome. Exactly, exactly. But, yeah, you know, I, I – I, and I think one of the most impressive things about him was later in his career, this, these last, like, four or five years, beating Keith Thurman and, like, beating was, Adrian mm-hmm. – That was huge because I compare that when Hopkins beat um, Pavlik. Remember that when, like, nobody mm-hmm. – yeah so i agree with you man that 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 keith thurman uh win was very impressive yeah yeah so he's got some some late impressive victories that you know even somebody who look i understand this guy's kind of a clown uh adrian broner but adrian broner Broner is very talented and he's significantly younger than pacquiao i mean adrian broner is is 32 i believe pacquiao is what in his early 40s so almost 10 year difference there 43 Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost a t- over a ten year difference there, and right. Well, Pacquiao turns forty three this year, but um, oh, I'm yeah, sorry. he 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 beat him as well. So I was really impressed with him beating these guys later in his career. Even a, a Timothy Bradley, he's beat twice. You know who he's played, he's fought him three times, but right, you know, right. Just really impressive, man. I think if I were to put him in the all time greats, I. Th- think there could be a, a an argument for him being maybe top 15 maybe top 10 I don't want to rush to say that because I do want to respect like I said all the different weight classes but right. if somebody wanted to put him top 10 all time I don't think that's crazy he's one of the greatest of all time no question oh yeah I was gonna say I do think he's top 10 I actually do think he's top 10 I don't I I definitely would put high you know higher than the top 15 I definitely think he's top 10 and you're right it's hard when you you're discussing different weight classes from the heavyweights to the welterweights to the lightweights to the middleweights. You know what I mean? Yeah, I struggle. Um, but yeah, you can yeah. argue in his – well, man, I mean, the guy's won titles in eight different weight classes. I mean, uh, uh, let's just put it, you know, for the – you know, uh, I mean, obviously him and Mayweather were uh, – oh, man, why am I blanking on the on the, the weight class? There's the – because what, what's, what's before the 
what's before the middleweights? You talk about welterweight? Welterweight, right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would say this to me now. I know this, this he's definitely top five within the welterweights. Would you oh, agree with that's that? No question. That's no question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And obviously, there's been some great welterweights, you know, obviously Floyd, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, um, mm-hmm. you know, Hagler, Hearns, um, you know, the list, you know, Duran, you know, you, you have some really good, you know, uh, you know, Julio Cesar Chavez, Pernell Whitaker. I mean, so many great yeah, welterweights. Yeah, a lot of guys. But I would definitely put Pacquiao top five in, in that category. Yeah, top five, I agree, in his weight class. As far yeah. as all time, he's, like, right there. You know, because, like, dude, you got to think about, like, you know, you know, people don't really talk about, you got to think, like, Roberto Duran. Like, there's so Yeah, many... I, just said, I just said Duran, yeah. No, I know, right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, people got to think of, like, Roberto Duran, and you got to think of, you know, now you look at a guy like Rocky Marciano who finished undefeated, but he didn't fight a lot of black fighters. So there's some... No, he did not. There. Yeah. So it's kind of hard for me to judge him, but... Sugar Ray Robinson, Floyd, uh, George Foreman, who I think was an Ali, went away from probably being the greatest heavyweight of all time. You know, right, so, right. there's still Joe Frazier. There's there's a lot of guys. So I, I almost want us to have this conversation on another podcast and bring on Alex, bring on Questy, who are two quote unquote boxing historians. We got to we yeah. got to bring them on to, to talk about this. <laughs> In fact, what we'll do, Darian, is we got. Uh, we're, I'm sure we're gonna preview the uh, the, the Fury Wilder uh, three fight, so we're we're gonna have to have them on to break that down and, and get some predictions and, and talk about this a little bit more because I love this sure. conversation. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, that's gonna do it for an, uh, another episode of Brothers Got Next for your boy D. Quap. Peace. Peace.